You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, where I'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Welcome back to the podcast. A few weeks ago, I put a question box in my stories because sometimes I just love being able to take a deep dive into the questions that you guys have. And so that is what we are going to do today. We're going to dive through and I just like using this sometimes a little bit better than answering the questions on social media because I just can obviously go into things a little bit further, which is so, so nice because sometimes I feel like I'm just really surface level answering the question, which is definitely still better than nothing. But I just love being able to kind of take that that little extra dive into these. So I'm going to get through as many as I can and we're going to learn some things. So we're going to start the first topic on where I'm starting is all focused around pregnancy. So we've got two questions. One is the Emily asks one thing to focus on during pregnancy and Christina asks best ways to support hormones to get pregnant. So great questions. We'll start with the first one. We'll start with Christina's first about the best ways to support hormones to get pregnant. And so the first thing is, is if you're not already tracking your cycle, that is definitely the most important thing because we are not fertile all month long. We are only fertile during kind of that, that pre ovulatory window. And so that's really important. If you're not tracking your cycle, that's one of the best things that you can do. I talk about how to do that in my online hormone course. And I also have a ton of other podcasts on that as well. But ideally, like the best thing that we can do for our hormones is to tell our body that it's safe. So our body is not going to want to procreate if it doesn't feel safe. And not feeling safe can come in a lot of different forms. It can come in not feeling totally nourished. It can come in the form of excessive cardio or excessive dieting or excessive training. It can come in the form of environmental stressors, things like environmental toxins, mold, lime, parasites, all those different types of things. And so there's a lot of, and those are big, I will tell you, those are huge underlying reasons that I see people struggle. So those need to definitely be in balance. Two, you also want to make sure you're giving your body all that it needs. So I really, really recommend reading the book, real food for pregnancy. This also kind of answers Emily's question, the one thing to focus on during pregnancy, because it talks all about really where to get your nutrition from through whole food. One of the best places is liver. Spoiler alert. It's so good for you. Um, But also apart from that, our hormones need building blocks and those building blocks come in the forms of protein and fat. Fat, especially cholesterol, is a huge building block for healthy estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. And so we need to make sure we're getting an adequate precursors if we want to make sure that we're, our body's able to get pregnant. And so th- that is kind of honestly my, sh- my short little spiel on some of the best ways that we can support our hormones and one thing that we can focus on. And if there's that one thing to focus on, it's eating real food and it's eating specifically liver. The, the book, Real Food, for pregnancy is, is so great. And it's an easy read and it talks about a lot of different foods and why they're good and why they're different support and why they're supportive for certain things. But if you don't understand how your hormones are working, if you don't understand that we are trying to leverage progesterone and ovulation to be able to get pregnant, I would definitely make sure you're very, very clear on that and how it works so that you can 
you know, use that to your advantage and get the absolute most out of, you know, being able to, to try to conceive. So this is a question from Jordan. What are all the tests you offer? Blood work, hormones, stool, and gut. So I unfortunately cannot write scripts for conventional blood tests, but I do read a significant amount of them in my practice because people will just get them run through their primary care, get it covered under insurance, and that way we can kind of leverage that. But I do offer a lot of functional tests, including hormone tests, which I prefer the Dutch test for that. I do run some stool and gut tests. Um, to be honest, I don't run them a whole ton because a lot of people run them in hopes of finding parasites and most gut tests, even really good ones, do not show par- like parasites are in pretty much like nine out of 10 people that I'm working with anyways. And so I don't need a $500 test to tell me that. Um, they are very helpful, especially for showing certain imbalances that could be occurring in the gut, showing things like H. pylori, all of those different types of things that can be super beneficial. Um, so I do like it for that reason. But again, it, it really depends on the circumstance. I do hair tissue mineral analysis. I do, let's see, omega-3 fatty acid testing or inflammatory testing, which I actually have a test here that I'm looking to do on myself. So I do need to run that on myself soon. Been, it's been here for so long. But um, I, own, I have that. Um, organic acids, which that's amazing because that can definitely be a great way to show vitamin and mineral analysis. Um, but if you want to inquire about doing any functional testing with me and if you have questions or anything, you can just go to my website, drhaleyshoff.com slash consults, scroll all the way to the bottom, and then you can fill out the functional test inquiry form so I can kind of send you some more information on whatever test you're looking for based on kind of what you're looking to get out of it. Okay. Um, Amanda asks, thoughts on citric acid derived from cassava instead of corn? Great question. And if you haven't listened to the podcast that I did on citric acid, that was an amazing episode. You can go back and listen to that. That was episode number 64, where I did that with Autumn Smith, the founder of Paleo Valley. And essentially most citric acids are derived from mold, which is crazy. Um, GMO, corn turned into mold. So that's typically where we're getting citric acid from. But I do think that citric acid derived from cassava, if it's a good form, I think that that can be better. I think if the company is transparent about where it's coming from, I don't have as much of a problem with that. The problem that I have is most people think they're getting citric acid and oh, it's no problem. It's just coming from citrus. And most of the times it's not. Ryan Page asks tips for cellulite. So cellulite is actually an accumulation of lymph tissue. So women are just more prone, prone to it. But if you think about it, we're more prone to it in areas where we have like a large collection of lymph nodes. So especially kind of like the back of the legs and there just can be some stagnation between those lymph nodes there and then being able to move up through in the hips and the pelvis area. So one of my biggest tips for cellulite is to work on lymphatic health. So there's a lot of li- different ways that we can work on lymphatic health. You can take herbs, things like calendula, and other things like that. I really love the lymph active from Cellcor. You do need to be working with a practitioner. I also um, suggest that throughout my membership, but that's a really incredible line that's really great for detox pathways. But you can also do things like self-lymphatic massage or dry brushing. Those can be really beneficial. You can do things like fascia blasting, which is cool. It's like, it's, it's all working on the same thing. It's all working on breaking up the fascia and helping to support lymphatic flow in an area. Cupping can be really good. I love cupping. I do that a lot in my office. 
But when you think of cellulite, don't just think of the external like appearance. Think of like why why is something stagnant? Why is tissue and fluid not moving? So how can we get it moving? Okay. So Amanda also asks, any tips for how to support your body while living in a moldy place until you can move? So one, I would definitely invest in an air purifier. I personally love the Air Doctor. It's hands down my favorite. We have one in the bedroom, but we also have one downstairs in our main space. And so that would be the biggest thing um, because the Air Doctor can help capture some of those mold spores. You can also use certain essential oils, certain essential oils like thyme, oregano that are like antibacterial, anti-fungus, anti-mold. So you can kind of diffuse those with things like lemon and citrus to kind of create more of like a non-toxic air quality. Um, obviously, you will never truly be healed until you move out. But I love that you asked this question because I know that that's not always feasible for everybody to just be able to complete uproot their life and move out immediately. So you can do things in your environment like an air purifier using essential oils to kind of mitigate some of the mycotoxins that could be released and then being able to really support your body's drainage pathways, make sure you're sweating, make sure you're staying hydrated, make sure your liver's getting lots of love. You can start taking a binder. I use the biotoxin binder again from Cellcor. You can get all of those protocols, like I said, within my membership. Um, you can do, make sure you're sweating. Um, if you, if well, now is kind of hard, at least depending on where you live, but opening up the windows to allow airflow because any type of like stagnancy in air, especially moistness, is going to allow the mold to grow. So opening up the airs and having good airflow is really important. You can make like your at-home at home room sprays out of essential oils and um, witch hazel, which can be really good for at least kind of trying to mitigate what's in the air. And then just really trying to make as much non-toxic swaps in your products as can you can just so that you can make sure you're taking some burden off the liver okay so mad dog asked recommendations for a good clean pre-workout and protein powder so i do not use pre-workout i if if i do use quote pre-workout i will use coffee or matcha those are typically my my pre-workouts but if you are a devout gym goer gym bro gym girl, whatever, I get that pre-workout is sometimes fun. If you go to livehealthily.com, she has some really great pre-workouts that I really um, think are great. And there's some that are very like low caffeine, some that are just kind of more for kind of helping to um, bring blood flow, which I think is great. Um, and they're like derived from beetroot and things like that. But she's really, really great with sourcing her products. So if you are looking for like a, a really healthy pre-workout, I recommend that. But otherwise... Black coffee always does a great trick. Um, matcha does a good trick. Black tea, you could do something like Earl Grey. I mean, the, all of those are going to be essentially giving you exactly what you want. They're increasing your heart rate. They have a little bit of caffeine, um, especially tea. is It's very warming, so it's already going to kind of help get your blood flow going a little bit more. Um, and then in terms of protein powder, she also has some protein powder on her website. I have the New Zest one on my website, which I really like the New Zest one, especially their, um, the gut one because it's got some glutamine in it. And so you can go to drhaleyshoff.com slash brands I love, and you can check out the New Zest powder there, and then you can use discount code Dr. Haley. That is the one that I use, but to be totally honest with you, I maybe use protein powder maybe two times a week. I don't use it that much anymore. I used to use it multiple times a day religiously, and now I'm just really focusing on whole food. I will say in terms of supplement-wise, I do 
love collagen. I use the Further Food Collagen and I am obsessed with their collagen. You guys can use discount code Dr. Haley if you do choose to check out any of the collagen as well. Um, let's see. Is constant BO a sign of a bigger problem? Jordan asks. Um, it can be. It definitely can be because our armpits are a huge way that we're getting rid of things. And so it's not a good idea to just necessarily mask what's going on, um, which we would with like an antiperspirant or something like that. But BO sometimes can definitely be a sign that like something deeper could be going on that we need to support the body and support the liver work through, um, some protocols is a little bit better. Um, Lindsay asks, how do you suggest, um, is a good way to get started to get your endocrine hormones in check? Best way to start. Get, okay. How do you suggest the best way to start getting your endocrine hormones in check? Good question. And so I think, um, there's so many places to start. I think one understanding like what your hormones are and what they're doing. I think two, being able to kind of take a self-evaluation and see what the biggest things that you're struggling with are. And then three, know what systems in the body are going to be needing support. Because although our hormones and the endocrine system is its own system, they don't work independently of each other. They're very heavily tied to the gut, the circulatory system, the nervous system, the detoxification system. So knowing kind of based on your symptoms, what system of the body or systems need the most support is really important. And my online hormone course literally covers all of that. It's going to teach you about your hormones, teach you where you need to start, and then also give you all the systems that really need to be in check in order for that to be optimized. Reaching for Wellness asks, what do you think about gluten? Um, So I think that gluten, especially here in the United States, is incredibly inflammatory. I think that if we went to Europe and we had the pasta and the breads and all that kind of stuff, I don't think that we would struggle. I think also the gluten here tends to just be more profound in products. Um, And most people are not served by gluten, whether they have a sensitivity or not. It just can be, tends to be very inflammatory to the gut. Um, But I think sourcing is really important if we're talking about if we are going to consume products that contain gluten, doing sprouted, organic That's why people who do have sensitivities to gluten can do sourdough, organic sourdough, because the bacteria in the sourdough culture are going to really eat up a lot of the gluten. So that is probably like my go-to. But in general, like most gluten-free stuff is typically, you know, most processed gluten-free stuff is filled with crap. So I would suggest being gluten-free on just a whole food-based diet and then having things, you know, like maybe an organic sourdough here and there and not worrying about it because that's more in line with traditionally what we would have eaten anyways. We wouldn't have eaten like processed crackers, whether they're gluten-free or not. Um, let's see. Also asks, huh, talk about how bad plant-based dieting long-term is. And so I think there's some people that can definitely do plant-based and do it well. I mean, for the most part, you can be plant-based and still consume protein. Like, you know, if we think of like the majority of my plate, most of the time is plant food, but I do consume a lot of protein. So, you know, is that plant-based? I don't know. It's, I don't consider it plant-based. Um, but I, you know, I'm consuming hopefully a lot of, a lot of veggies, but I do, what I will tell you what I've seen clinically is I do not see people necessarily thrive for a long period of time. I've seen probably, I don't know. I've seen a large amount of people come to me saying they tried, 
you know, vegan or something, and then their hair started falling out, their, their skin started freaking out, they lost their period, their hormones went bad. I think there's definitely a right way to do it. Um, but I do also understand the value that animal products can serve with healthy hormones, healthy skin, healthy hair, and just health in general long term. So it's a really touchy subject. And I, I really am just speaking clinically here on what I see is I see a lot of people thrive with a good balance of both. Um, a healthy balance, making sure they're getting diverse, seasonal, local plants, but also being able to add in animal products and animal protein that really, really fuels their body and is nourishing to, to their body. So um, Sarah asked, thoughts on working out for your cycle? This is a great question, and actually there's an episode coming out soon with Dr. Mendy Pels and I, and we really go into fasting, especially fasting for women, but we also talking about working out for your cycle. But I think this is a really easy thing that we can kind of start implementing into uh, into our lifestyle, right? So if you're tracking your cycle, knowing that from your period until about ovulation, that's a really great time to push it a little bit more. So during our period, typically we would have think that that's not a great time, but the, what the research is showing, and I just um, was doing some research and listening to an episode that um, was on the Whoop podcast, but they're finding that the week before we get our period is the worst time for intense activity and for increasing the body, the strain on the body. Whereas day one of cycle till about day 13, 14, 15 is a really great time to push it a little bit more. So you can maybe work out a little bit harder, a little bit more, push, push it, um, with hit or cardio and, you know, not necessarily have any negative repercussions. Obviously you have to listen to your body, but that's the time that our body's most primed for that type of activity. Whereas around ovulation, maybe take it down just a little bit, focus on weight training, you know, right after ovulation, when you're kind of getting that surge of hormones again, you know, you can feel a little bit more intense, you know, right, kind of right before ovulation is testosterone speak, uh, spiking, estrogen spiking. So that's a good time. And then kind of second half of the cycle doing just more strength training, not as much hit, not as much cardio, not as much spinning and Peloton and focusing more on walking, yoga, definitely still do strength training. I'm not going to tell ever somebody to just like not do that for two weeks out of the month, but really making it relative to you and your body. Um, M asks how to kick the junk food addiction. So that's exactly what they want. All these processed food companies want you to be addicted because addiction equals lifelong customers. And so some of the biggest things is finding better swaps. So to find what food you feel that you can't get rid of and find a whole food way to make that swap. I post a ton of recipes in my online membership that are nourishing, that are supportive for your body and your hormones and, you know, how they can play into having more support for you. Because if we think about it, junk food is meant to be incredibly addictive. It's not meant to be satiating. You could, you could sit down and eat a whole bag of chips and it's not because your body's constantly looking for the nourishment that that food lacks. So we will continue to eat until we feel we get that nourishment, whether that nourishment is healthy fats, whether it's protein, whether it's certain vitamins or minerals, and we're most times not going to get it. So the biggest tip I have for having junk, for quitting the junk food addiction is not buying the ones, like not buying the Oreos, not buying the crap and having it sit in your pantry where you're, you just continue to look at it. So not buying it, 
to then finding, okay, what are those foods that, you know, my body kind of craves or what are those things and finding a healthy swap for it. So maybe if it's chips, maybe making like homemade baked chips at home with either sweet potatoes or regular potatoes, or if it's cookies, you know, the Hugh kitchen makes some amazing cookies that are still really good and I can eat the whole bag, but it's, it's a better ingredients or I'll make some homemade cookies with collagen, grass-fed butter, maybe some protein powder, eggs, maybe a little bit of honey or maple syrup. It's super easy. Again, I have a lot of those recipes in my membership, but finding kind of what your, what your weakness is, but also most people are having these things because they're not satisfied in their daily nutrition. And so really take a look at what your meals look like. Are they nourishing? Do you feel satisfied? Do you feel nourished? Do you feel full after you're eating, you know, your two to three, whatever daily meals? That's a huge question. Cause if you're not, and you're constantly looking, then junk food's obviously the easy out and you're going to continue to reach for that. So just some things to think about there. Um, I wanted to keep this short cause I know that it's, this is a busy time. The holidays are here and you guys might not be just wanting to sit down and listen to a podcast. So I just wanted to keep this short and sweet. I will listen to, or I will answer the other questions that I had gotten in the question box in another episode, kind of to break it up a little bit, but I'd love your feedback. If you guys enjoy me doing these Q and A's, what you benefit from them. And, um, if you would like to continue seeing these going into next year, which is crazy to say that out loud, but without further ado, um, I'm going to wrap this up before I continue blabbling. And after I promised I would keep it short, but I just wanted to say, if you are listening to this right before the holidays, I hope you have a great holidays. Merry Christmas. I'm thankful for you. And I am just so thankful for you taking the time out of every single week to tune into the podcast and it means so much and I could not do it without you. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your holidays, enjoy your Christmas, and I will see you next week. Woo!